What's up? It's Keyshawn, and we are back for another Undisputed Extra. We'll talk the Raiders and my USC Trojans. I also hear my amazing production team will have me react to a viral TikTok. With that being said, let's get started. All right, Keyshawn, former linebacker Antonio Pierce notches his first win for the Raiders as interim head coach in the wake of McDaniels getting the boot. Take a listen to Jay Glazer on the NFL on Fox podcast. Antonio Pierce decided to do once he got in there, A, he addressed the entire building, which is kind of the opposite of, you know, Josh McDaniels approach. He went and addressed everybody in there, trying to get everybody to realize, hey, we know you're all part of this. We're part of this. We're in this together. And that's kind of not the way that, that Josh had done it. But also, like, right out of the gate, he said, look, I'm going to use, you know, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. And he pointed out Jimmy Johnson's teams, Everyone knew Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin were getting the ball. Oh, well, they were still getting the ball. We weren't trying to be too fancy with right. it. Do you think he's got a chance to... It depends what happens. I don't think they're going in with this going, okay, he's just going to be the interim and that's it. I think Mark Davis is hoping he brings some stability and culture to that place so he doesn't have to make another... This is one of the most exciting and fascinating things that I've seen in a very, very long time. Now, I personally have a personal relationship with Antonio Pierce. We came into the National Football League to a point together. We've been around each other in Los Angeles for a very, very long time. And here's a little bit of a nugget. He used to be my defensive coordinator on my 7-on-7 team that I started way back when with my son and my nephew. So I'm excited for Antonio. It's certainly going to work out. The players respond to Antonio, okay? My, Mark Davis got it wrong a couple years ago when he did not listen to his team when they wanted him to hire Rich Basaccia. This time around, he will not get it wrong. Antonio Pierce is there to stay because the team is going to certainly respond to him. Even if he goes 500 the rest of the way, that doesn't mean that he doesn't get the fair opportunity and chance to get hired. How do you hire Josh McDaniel? How do you hire Joe Judge? How do you hire Matt Patricia? And I'm just picking those three because they came to mind as guys that had little to no experience at all in terms of being head coaches or playing at a high level in the National Football League. Antonio Pierce was a star linebacker for the New York Giants. He was the heart and soul of that defense that went on to win that Super Bowl. And when you think about it, what other guy would you want in a locker room that could resonate and communicate and the players respond to? They were not responding to Josh McDaniel. Hell, for the most part, they were not responding to John Gruden. You've gotten it wrong multiple times. So in order to get the Raiders back to where they should be, you got to hire Antonio Pierce regardless of the outcome of the rest of the season. Keyshawn, let's go a little deeper. After the win, Antonio Pierce acknowledged the NFL history the Raiders made on Sunday. Take a listen to this from his presser. If you can describe uh, the, the feeling you had when you walked through the tunnel for that very first time and the opportunity to take that picture with Champ and Sandra uh, right after you walked. First of all, like I said, uh, butterflies. I've had it three times. Um, as a professional, my first game in the NFL and the Super Bowl. And then my first game as a head coach. <laughs> um, that was special. But the other part that was special is the history that we made today. Black president, female, black general manager, Champ Kelly, and then obviously myself. Um, you don't take that for granted. Um, again, humbled by the opportunity. And when you look at it, it's just something that, you know, if it goes forever, if it doesn't, you know, for that one moment, we had that opportunity. You know, if it's the next nine games or so, ever, let it be. But uh, 
very humble. Keyshawn, we know black head coaches have been historically underrepresented in the NFL. Does this set an important precedent for other teams around the league? Well, I think it, it, look, first of all, it's coming from the Raiders. We know that the Raiders have always been on the cutting edge of doing things the way they wanted to, whether it was, whether it was you know, hi, hiring Amy Trask as the first female president of a team some time ago, or whether it's hiring the first black head coach at Art Shell and then giving Art Shell a second time around, hiring Hugh Jackson, another African-American head coach. So it certainly is going to open up some eyes in the National Football League, but for the most part, you have to do it because you want to do it. You can't do it just because somebody else did it. In your heart, if you are an owner, a president of a team, or a general manager of a team seeking for a candidate to become, you know, a part of your organization as a head coach, and if he's qualified and he knows what he's doing, you give him the opportunity. Far too many times in this league, we just tend to do the good old boy thing. We're going to hire our buddy because when we were in college, we drove to school together and we were walk-ons together and we studied together and I married his sister's cousin's uncle's brother at the, the nepotism game. Now you're looking at the Raiders situation and they've got three African-Americans at the top position, president of a team, a general manager, and a head coach. I mean, what more do you want? Now you, you take this and you put this together, and they go on a winning streak, and if you are blind to it and you don't want to be a part of it as another team in the National Football League, then that's your problem. That's your problem, and you'll continue to be behind the sticks. Speaking of problems, last week we talked a lot about Devontae Adams being unhappy in Vegas, but he looked pretty bought in on Sunday. Watch this. New chapter, we write our own script. Write our own script, man. That's just one step, man. You guys know how to go. But more importantly, man, this is about us. This is about you. You guys made up your minds what we was going to do, and we did it. Exactly what the we said, and then we did it. Hey, man, I know the coaches, the whole organization, the whole building is proud of but More importantly, I'm happy for you guys. That shit was rough the last two weeks. Biggest window? The front window. And guess what? Every door we go into, we're kicking that from now on. But no thanks about it, man. Hey, man, you know what this time is? I'll see you. Now you sit there and you look at Devontae Adams in that clip right there. He's locked in step, eyeballs on the head coach. It, it just it, it's amazing how you can get a player to respond to you, but the other coach couldn't get the players to stand up and respond to him. And that's all Antonio Pierce. You see right there in that post-game speech that he gave to the team, everybody's standing around nodding their heads and buying in. It's a buy-in. If the Raiders went on, and like I said, all of a sudden they go 500 or whatever the case may be, they put themselves in a position to try to fight the Chargers and fight Kansas City for the division, and if that doesn't happen, I can promise you those players are still going to stand up to, to make Antonio the permanent head coach. Not only will he probably deserve it, but you want players in the National Football League to be able to respond to people like Antonio. Too many times in this league that the owners hire suits. They hire the guys that they could take to the country club and, oh, here's Jim, I hired him, and they could sit down with their buddies and talk about that. Instead of saying to themselves, it's Antonio Pierce. 
He's rocking a diamond. When the last time you saw an NFL head coach with a stud in his ear? They are, certain owners right now are rolling over in their graves looking at that. They're like, oh, no, there's no way that my wife would want this. But not anymore. And Mark Davis is showing that right now, that you got to hire people that can resonate with that locker room. Damn upstairs. Damn the country club and the, pingo, the, the, the bingo rooms and the wine and who can tell you what the label on the wine is and how great the wine is. You hire somebody that like to drink tequila. That's what you should hire. Keyshawn, if you're a superstar on a team, what does an interim head coach need to do in order for you to go to the front office and vouch for his job? Well, I think if it, if it boils down to it and I got an interim head coach, which I've never had before, but if I was in that situation, I just want to have a coach that I believe in, that I'll run through a wall for. Then now I could go to the front office and say, yo, he's doing everything the right way. He's getting it done. We are responding to him. Look at how happy everybody is. Look at the way we are practicing. In, in, in reference to Antonio Pierce and the Raiders, for instance, they're playing music in the locker room, okay? A lot of head coaches, man, it would drive them crazy. But the generation and the world that we're in, this is what they want. This is somewhat of a, going to be somewhat of a coach prime effect for the Las Vegas Raiders to a degree. This is professional football. Guys are making millions of dollars, but it's going to be a prime effect to what Antonio Pierce is doing. You watch what I'm telling you. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life from gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform. It's designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash UndisputedPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash UndisputedPod. Your mental health journey begins here. Oh, we got to take it to your USC Trojans. Or the quote-unquote real SC took another L on Saturday by the Washington Huskies. Your team is now out of the top 25. You're not in contention for the CFB playoffs or even the Pac-12 championship. The only positive, your defensive coordinator got fired on his day off. Keyshawn, is the Lincoln-Riley experience a failure? No, the Lincoln-Riley experience is not a failure by no stretch of the imagination. Last year, we was in the thick of things in his first year. He's just now learning, I would deem, the Trojan way and what, and what we expect. 
the expectations at USC, and, and particularly the football program, is high, man. And, and, and I think he's learning that. You know, and yeah, they dismissed Grinch of his defensive calling duties because he needed to be. I mean, you think about that defense in the amount of points that they've given up. They've given up points to teams like Cal with third-string quarterbacks. We're going down to the wire with Colorado. We got better players, okay? Utah comes into our home and spanks us and walks away with a W. You know, Washington was going to be a tough battle, but you gave up the goods. So I think Lincoln is learning the Trojan way, and that's why it was called call for him getting rid of Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator, finding out where the bones are buried, so to speak, who's next in line to become the defensive coordinator, or are we going to hire the right guy? Because in about two years, if and we're moving into the Big Ten next year. Now, if we don't play in the college football playoff within the next two years, we'll probably be saying bye-bye to Lincoln, too. That's just the reality of the expectations of USC in college football. We're not Iowa. We're not Iowa State. We're not Rutgers. We're not those type of teams. I'm sorry. We're just not. And if people don't understand that, then so be it. And we can be a little annoying and a little delusional at times. But that's just who we are, and that's our expectations. We look for greatness. Let's get to your star quarterback. Caleb was trending on social media with his emotional reaction to the loss. Here's what RG3 had to say. Like a lot of people, this right here broke my heart. This is USC quarterback Caleb Williams, last year's Highland Trophy winner, sobbing with his family after the loss to Washington tonight. I've watched this guy play injured. I watched him give every single thing he has on the football field. And to see him sobbing like this showed me just how much this game means to him, just how much he's sacrificed for it. And any NFL team would be lucky to have him as their quarterback next year. You know, that's a fortunate video that uh, obviously went viral the night of the game. After the game, they lose to Washington, and Caleb goes into the stands, and, and you know, he's feeling hurt. He's feeling a certain way. He still is a young man. You're not dealing with a guy who doesn't care, who's making millions on top of millions and millions of dollars, who, you know, just says, oh, okay, it's just a game to me. For whatever reason that was, that emotion poured out, it just shows you that he really cares about the University of Southern California's football program. He cares about what people think about him as a player. He wears his emotions on his sleeves. And I don't have any issue with it at all. I know a lot of people were like, oh, that doesn't show me anything. Why is he crying? I mean, he's emotional. He feels a certain way. I remember as a kid, going back as a kid, in 1982, I'm dating myself, but that's fine. I'm 51 years old. USC loses the Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl. And I was sick for probably three days after that, crying every single day because I was invested in USC's football program. You know, it's just that that's just the the way it is when you're an athlete, you get invested in something and you really buy in and you really probably he really probably felt that they had an opportunity to really make a run at the national championship this year and losing to Washington completely closed the door on that. Keyshawn, you talk about emotions. As a player, have you ever been in that situation where you are incredibly emotional after a college or NFL game? I've been in that position before, like Caleb. We played in the 1998 
AFC Championship game in uh, Denver, and we lost that game. And I didn't come out the locker room probably for an hour and a half. The bus was ready to take off, and I just was – I hadn't even showered or anything. And I just sat there, you know, because I may never have gotten back into that position again. And it took me several years to get back into a championship game and eventually go on to win the Super Bowl. But you just don't know. You can't take anything for granted. All right, let's get into some rookie QB talk. C.J. Stroud has been balling in his rookie campaign. After a record-setting game against the Buccaneers, the stars are giving him his flowers, including the likes of LeBron James, Fred Van Vliet, and Houston rapper Paul Wall for a throwback. As a former number one overall pick, Keyshawn, did the Panthers make a mistake drafting Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud? Your boy Drewski thinks so. You know, I don't necessarily know if the Panthers made a mistake by drafting Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young fit for what the Carolina Panthers were looking for, I'm assuming. You know, you hear reports saying that Houston, Texas really wanted Bryce Young if Carolina didn't take him and they took C.J. Stroud, that the Houston Texans were going to draft Bryce Young. I don't know that to be true. I just know one went one, one went two. And C.J. Stroud is having a much, much, much better year <clears throat> than Bryce Young. In fact, I believe that he's put himself right in that MVP conversation, sitting at 4-4. Four four. You look at his numbers statistically, I think he's got 15 touchdowns and one interception on a year. And now this team is a lot different than what we thought it would be coming into the season. So... They'll make a run for the division. Let's, let's use hypotheticals here. Let's say they win the division. They go on and they win the division. Let's say that C.J. Stroud throws for 30 touchdowns in five picks, and they win their division. Is he not in the middle of the MVP conversation? Do you not take him and say, well, he's a rookie? So what? So what? What does that mean? He's willed his team to victory most valuable player and that's what the award stands for so i don't have him just as a phenomenal player i have him as an mvp candidate today Keyshawn, if you have cj shroud as an mvp candidate is he an automatic lock for rookie of the year i had him i had him at the start of the season as my offensive rookie of the year um i just you could just see it i saw it at ohio state I saw the things he was capable of doing. And I also understand pre-draft gossip where he didn't attend certain camps or he didn't do certain things. And people wanted to try to put a knock on him to try to say that he wasn't dedicated because he didn't conform to their rules. But as far as I'm concerned, he's rookie of the year. All right, the NFL story of the week, Joshua Dobbs was getting dealt to the Vikings. Here's what you had to say about Justin Jefferson getting on the same page with him as his QB1. Well, if I'm if I'm Justin Jefferson, I'm probably not all that encouraged about coming back uh, from injury to join the Minnesota Vikings when I know we're not going anywhere and I still have contract issues that needs to be resolved. So I'm not overly excited about it. I'm going to do it because it's my teammates and I like to play football. But at the same time, I want to have some conversations about my contract issues. After Dobbs' impressive comeback win over the Falcons, are you now changing your tune about Justin Jefferson coming back? 
No, I am not changing my tune at all. I want to know what what are we going to do long term at the quarterback position. I also want to know what's up with my contract, man. Like let's let's get this figured out because stepping on the field and putting myself in harm's way, that probably would be in my best interest. So I want to know first and foremost, what are we doing about my contract, and what are we going to do about the quarterback issues long term? Now I know that Dobbs came in. And he did a phenomenal job without really any preparation at all. But is that going to happen in week two and week three and week four and week five as he becomes the starting quarterback? Or are we just going to see a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, 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 a hiccup like we saw in Arizona after beating the Dallas Cowboys? Everyone was going crazy about Joshua Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs. And then it kind of tailed off. Are we going to see that same tail off here in the next several weeks as a Minnesota Viking. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today. You already know I'll be back. Stay locked in. I'm Keyshawn with Undisputed.